Warning. Geesebumps is a comedy podcast based on the works of R.L. Stein. Any similarity to an actual literature podcast is coincidental and unintentional. Every picture tells a story. Greg thinks there's something wrong with the old camera he and his friends found. The photographs keep turning out wrong. Very wrong. Like the snapshot Greg took of his father's new car that shows it totaled. And then Greg's father is in a nasty wreck. But Greg's friends don't believe him. Shari even makes Greg bring the camera to her birthday party and take her picture. Only Shari's not in the photograph when it develops. Is Shari about to be taken out of the picture permanently? Who is going to take the next fall for the evil camera? Look at this photograph. (laughs) Every time I do, it makes me die. Also, Joe, that was very, like, sensual. Welcome to Goosebumps. Uh, did you mean Goosebumps podcast? I am your captain and your best friend, Danielle PhD. And you can't cut that out, so fuck you. <laughs> oh, 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 dang. Wow, I'm JoJo and I got a PhD. Oh, jeez. <laughs> It's the first real episode of Goosebumps of the New Year coming in hot already with the comedy jokes. Already about to murder everyone in the room. Listen, squad, it's the new year. It's the, hey, listen, new year, new beer. What are you drinking? I'll tell you what I'm drinking. Nothing. I didn't get snacks before we started recording. But Jeff, what are you drinking over there? I'm drinking a tall glass of shut the fuck up. God damn. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> Sounds good. Danielle, what are you imbibing? Uh, cat pee. Lots of cat pee. With a little lemon? It's pretty good. <laughs> There's a lot of electrolytes in that cat And pee. it's got that nice zing. Mm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm Jeff, and uh, <laughs> I had a whole thing. I had a whole thing that I had written down that I was going to say. What do you have? What do you have written down? Do you think people who become pro wrestlers uh, do it just because they want all the free hugs you get? <laughs> Wrestling, you hug with your legs, you hug with your arms, you hug with your mouth, your soul, your mouth and your soul. I'll, all I see, and the reason I watch pro wrestling is because I like to see so many big, burly men hugging each other. Me too. I like to see them roll around. Yeah, I want to see them roll around. I want to see them hug each other. They do a lot of hugging each other. They do. They hug so much. I wish I could be a wrestler and hug people. Oh, y- y- there's nothing stopping you. Yeah, there's nothing stopping <laughs> you. Jeff. Holy shit, you guys are right. <laughs> you... There's nothing... There's nothing in your okay, way, man. Here, here's my question. We start backyard wrestling, right? So we start a backyard wrestling sure, ring. Sure, sure, of course. Danielle, okay. what is your wrestling name and what is your backstory? I'm the stubby toad person. This is great. This is so good. <laughs> uh, 
And my backstory is that my toes got cut off in an industrial accident, and now I walk around on on like on flat, flat feet. Okay, but now, but that, and and it's with those flat feet that you're gonna go beat up John Cena. All right, Joe. What's your name and what's your character's backstory? My name is uh, Dumpf. <laughs> It turns out that I was from another, a planet of just wrestlers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hard to stand out on that planet in wrestling. It's uh, Well, no, because we're all normal there. But then, but then our son done blowed up. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Oh, and so, and so my, my parents put me inside of a, they put me in a bit of a pod. Okay. A rocket of sorts? Oh, wow. Oh, uh, yeah. It was a rocket of, it was a rocket of sorts, nice. but. Um, it also said John 316 on the side. <laughs> Any dang way. Uh, wouldn't you know it? I was on Earth, and the yellow sun just made my wrestling powers so good. Like, I can suplex so fucking hard. I call it a sunplex, though, because I get all my strength from the yellow sun. Yeah, I can't wait till Zack Snyder ruins that story. So this is a literature podcast <laughs> where we discuss uh, books written by uh, children's horror author R.L. Stein. What did we read today, Squad? Today we read a certain Goosebump book called Say Cheese and Die. Which number book is this out of the Goosebumps? It's pretty early four. days. Four. It's only four? Wow. Oh, damn. Yeah, and it definitely shows because this Oof. book... Yeah. It's got a, it's got some problems, y'all. So who wants to do the first one minute synopsis? Before the show, Danielle said she did. All right, Danielle, let me know when you are ready. I think I'm ready as okay. I'm gonna get. All okay. right, I'm gonna say ready. Okay. Set. All right. Go. Say cheese and die is about a kid whose name I forget who has um, Sherry or Shari as another friend and. Are they, is there another person? This is already going great. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and they uh, uh, break break into a house. Oh, oh, it's like a haunted house. And they like, break in and they go down to the basement. And then the kid finds a secret shelf. 30 seconds. With a camera on it. And then he starts taking pictures of stuff. But the pictures, they don't show what he took a picture of. They show something bad happening to the thing that he took a picture of. And so obviously this camera is some kind of like disaster machine. And then they have to figure out how to get rid of the disaster machine. And then... They have to fight a man who walks like a spider and they kill him. They are murderers. <laughs> Time. The end. They're murderers. Arl <laughs> Stein's intent for this book. <laughs> Those four kids, they fucking killed they that kill, guy. They killed that guy. <laughs> they did kill that guy. Did. He did die. <laughs> He fucking died, Jeff. They killed him. All right. So that's good, Danielle. Good job. Thanks. All right. JoJo's going to do another one minute synopsis. Ready and go. Uh, story of Say Cheese and Die is about Greg and his friends. They go to the Kaufman house where they find a camera in the basement. They take a picture of one of his friends with the camera who falls up a flight of stairs. And they're like, this camera's pretty wild because it's an instant developing camera. He takes a picture of his dad's car. His dad's car shows up in the picture is totaled. And then he goes on a drive with his dad, but the car doesn't get totaled on the drive. And he's like, what's happening? And he took a picture of his friend Bird who it showed him on the ground like with a headache or some shit. But it turns out, I was like, oh, oh you're just goofing. But then later it turns out that the camera was telling the truth. And 
all the pictures, it turns out our bad stuff happened because the dad's car got in a crash. And then also he took a picture of his friend Shari who disappeared. And then he ripped up the picture and she came back and she was like, yeah, he took my picture. I disappeared. And he's like, well, we got to go return the camera to where we found it. And when he goes to return it, it turns out it belonged to an old, a guy named Spidey who was an inventor who invented an evil camera. And he tried to kill them because they found out about the camera and they took his picture and he died. We have five seconds left. Anything you want to say to the kids at home? No. Okay. Well, that's time. All right. Good. Good. Yeah. Good. All right. Well, I have the uh, I have the two minute and synopses. I don't envy you. I have it written down from a week and a half ago. I had to, I forgot everyone's name, so we'll see how this goes. All right. Ready, Jeff? Are you ready? Yes, Jeff. I'm ready. Thank you, Jeff. Wait, I gotta time you. Okay, you can time me. <laughs> All right. Uh, Fucking cheater. Joe, you want to ask me if I'm ready, Joe? Are you ready, Joe? Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> Are you ready, Jeff? I am ready. And go. All right, this book, uh, Say Cheese and Die, stars four children. Uh, there's Michael, Greg, Bird, whose real name is Doug, and Sherry. They're so bored one afternoon that they decide to go and break into a homeless guy's house, the Kaufman house, which is sort of like the creepy house, but they think that there's a homeless guy in the town named Spidey who sort of like shacks up down there. They go in the basement. They find like a bunch of old clothes and the wardrobe to like put on. They're just goofing around, basically uh, shitting on this man's life, which has already been shit on apparently so much. Uh, Greg, the main character, finds a camera in a hidden compartment that opens up when he turns the handle of a vice, which is the worst potential device to use to hide something because all you do with the vice is turn the handle. He takes a picture of his friend Michael who's making a goof and then something instantly befalls Michael and the photo shows the thing that befell him where he actually got hurt before it happened. Uh, he goes home, takes a picture of the new car that his family got. The car ends up mangled in the photo. Um, it almost The car almost gets wrecked up. Uh, goes to a, burst, a baseball game where uh, he takes a photo of Bird and then Bird looks like he's on the ground in pain and then Bird gets hit in the head with the baseball which is funny because Bird sucks. Uh, and then his dad gets into an accident. So basically the photos that he takes are things that are bad that eventually do happen one way or the other. Uh, he turns his friend Sherry, who uh, is living next door, invisible by taking a photo of her. Literally, she just basically ceases to exist. And then he brings her back later on by just ripping up the photo, which apparently is made of paper. This camera also is an Insta camera, despite the fact that when looking it up, we don't think that this type of camera exists, but it was made in hell. The cops, for some reason, who's investigating Sherry's appearance, thinks that for some reason Greg has something to do with it. 30 seconds. Uh, he, they want to take the camera back. And then at the very end of the book, they introduce two new main characters, Joey and Mickey, who are bullies who basically want to take the camera sherry and greg take it back to the house to drop it off it turns out spidey was there it's his camera he's been chasing him around all time he was an inventor he stole it from another inventor the camera is evil and he has to keep it safe and he tries to kill the kids the kids take a photo of him and then he dies of heart failure and then mickey and joey take the camera and take a photo of themselves at the end oh i forgot that part yeah ah, the, end. the end so they have they, they do this sort of like um stand by me bullshit with Four kids. They have fat kids, girl, yep. uh, annoying, funny wannabe kid, and muscle muscle kid who's twelve Mus somehow. Muscle yeah, kid, that I kid. need to talk about. They describe the kids in like the most basic of ways, and we have the we have muscular boy, funny boy, chubby boy, and girl. How are you muscular at twelve? That's what they, I want to know. They specifically describe Greg as being good looking yeah. and and ripped. And I just I I I. Scored my memories. I scoured them. Scored them. Yeah. I scoured my memory, and I cannot think of a twelve-year-old I have ever seen in my entire life that I would describe as muscular. Yeah, 
I, I, I've asked so many 12 year olds to take off their shirts so and I they're can just see. Not, they're just not. Hey, this is, this is, this is not the con. This is, hey, listen, I'm not going to, I'm not walking down this joke <laughs> road with you, okay? If you're going to go down this joke road, I'll just take my headphones off for about 10 minutes and then see what we have, okay? I'm going to go pee. Okay. We'll sit here completely silently for a while. Bye, Danielle. Oh, uh, is there a, is that a, Jeff, is that a knock at the door? How are we doing it this time? Is it a knock at the door? We could do a, we could do a portal. Yeah, we could do a portal from the future, potentially. Ooh, I like that. That's original. Yeah, potentially a time portal. All right, so I think I hear the wavering sounds of a time portal on the front porch. Hey, Jeff, is, is it is it just me or is the fabric of time getting a little jiggly? It's usually just you, but right now I'm seeing it too. There's a there's a figure there's a silhouette that's coming through the portal. Yeah, it definitely looks humanoid. Hello. Oh my god. Let's welcome the great uh, well, future traveler who, according to scripture, is the one noted Robert Lawrence Stein. Uh, no. I am not. In the what is your future name, Robert Lawrence? In the Cyberpunk 202077 20277 that you come from, what is it? The vast <laughs> cyber world of the future. I am known by the handle Rugrat Lizard Pants Stein. Wow. Wow. That's, now that sounds like a hit show from Nickelodeon. Yeah, I was gonna say, are Rugrats back? Did they bring him back in the future? In lizard pants. All right, so Rugrats Lizard Pants. We read uh, Say Cheese and Die. I vaguely recall a book about a camera and cheese. We, we made the grim mistake of several weeks ago deciding to read that for our literature podcast. Rugrat, could you please tell us what is this ding-dang book about? Okay, so here's something that may have escaped you in your fervor to despise my works. Man, Jeff, when someone throws it in your face, it does sound it pretty bad. It does huh? sound real bad, <laughs> even when it's a future fake R.L. Stein. It's kind of, I can't even imagine how bad it feels if the real R.L. Stein said that to me. I think I would cry. I think I'd cry. Anyway, um, so... This is a book about trauma and anxieties. We start off with this idea of a camera that predicts the future, but it's a bad future. And it's because you took the picture that you have made the future bad. So this is very much a child's mindset of, I am responsible for everything that happens, which is both a coping mechanism to feel in control and a, a delusion, frankly. And so they take this camera, which is the stand-in, and they feel because of it that they are responsible for every catastrophe that they bring about. And then we have my favorite character, Boo Radley Spidey, who is what happens when that form of trauma never heals because that sort of feeling of, of being responsible for all the bad turns into isolation and fear and the cemented belief that you yourself must be hidden away and must behave in only in very particular ways to avert bad things happening. Okay. Well, I got to say, I'm 
absolutely positively thrilled with my new understanding of this book <laughs> it, uh, that the camera is in fact a coping mechanism that's right and it's and this is this is a critique of how uh, children think they have control of their uh, of their ding dang world when they don't yeah okay R.L. Stein, before we, we, we put you back into your portal um, to go back to the future where dogs have learned to drive cars. And we don't need roads. And we don't need roads. <laughs> where we're going, <laughs> where you've come from, they don't have roads because it's Mad Max time. You're from the Cyberpunk 2077 future. Can you tell us? What are the wiener options like in that period of time? Because like, our vision of it is a little limited. What you don't understand at this point is that your Flesh wiener is effectively garbage. Okay. I don't need you to tell me that. I just want you to understand how incredibly bad your state of being currently is compared to where I'm going. Oh, uh, the the dicks are good there? The dicks are all good there. I can't wait for the future of 2077. Have you you seen Pacific Rim? Uh, Yeah, I, I, I have, yeah. There's giant robots. There's a giant robot. How does that relate? Yeah. Do you know what rimming is? Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> Jeff, are you absolutely a million percent certain this person is from a future? You know what? I feel like maybe that portal might. Wait a minute. This is just made of cardboard. What? No, it's not. This is just. This <laughs> is just <laughs> cardboard. <laughs> okay. Oh God, he's running back into it. He's gone. Okay, he's just running down the street. Bye. Cool. That's good. So um, I guess this book is, it seems so bad. Well, let's, let's just get into the parts of the, the, our show. So uh, who's, who has the first section? I have something from the beginning that I can speak on. So uh, this book, it takes a bit to kind of get going. I don't think the thing that makes the book a book happens until like chapter three or four. Definitely. But uh it starts off with these four kids being so fucking bored that they break and enter into a house. But it's like a haunted house, which I would totally do. If I had a haunted house I could break into, it. If I you have a it. house that looks disheveled and fucked up, beware. Danielle will try and in. break into it. I'm a break in. To find treasures. Yeah. Yes. So the, the kids break into the Kaufman house, which is just like a dilapidated shitty house. And they find in the basement that a homeless guy named Spidey, which I don't quite understand why they, they call him Spidey because they say he looks like a spider. I don't really know how that works. He looks and walks like a spider. Looks and walks like a spider. So I picture him always walking like on the side of buildings. Yeah. You know? he, he constantly is on the ceiling. Yeah. He's he always hanging down from the roof. Yeah. Yeah. Um, chapter four, page 17. Okay. So they're in the basement, and this is the the moment when the book actually introduces the camera. It is when uh, Greg, everyone else is playing, playing around with some clothes they found down there, they're and Greg, goofing around. they're just goofing around, and Greg is um, is sort of looking around the area, and they find he finds like a work table. So I'm going to read you the passage. Wooden shelves lined the adjoining. This is page sixteen. Wooden shelves line the adjoining walls, cluttered with old paint cans, rags, newspapers, and rusty tools. Whoever lived here must have been a real handyman, Greg thought, examining a wooden work table in front of the shelves. A metal vise was clamped to the edge of the work table. Greg turned the handle, expecting the jaws of the vise to open, but to his surprise, as he turned the vise handle, a door just above the work table popped open. Greg pulled the door all the way open, revealing a hidden cabinet shelf resting on the shelf was a camera. I can't think... 
of a worse way to hide a camera made from hell that makes things bad, that makes bad things happen. I can't think of a worse place to hide it than a cupboard that opens when you use a tool the way that it was intended to be used. It's like if it opened, if you picked up a pencil. All right, then let's, let's, let's do what we do best and think of the best way to hide a cursed camera. You, you find, you are, you find, you find yourself in a room of dubious light and quality okay. where there are tools abound. You have in your possession a secret camera that takes evil pictures. This sounds like a DOS text adventure. <laughs> like exits. The, exits are, the exits are west <laughs> and south. <laughs> How would you, wh- what do you, what do you do? <laughs> How do you do? What do you do? We're, so my only option is I'm in this basement and I have to put the camera somewhere here. Yeah. So I had the idea that, that the easiest way to deal with the camera was to cover it in fucking cement and make a brick out that, of it. That's what I was going to say. We said, I think, uh, sewing it to the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. Like covered in- if you don't want anyone to use it. Oh, oh, but you know why we can't put it at the bottom of the ocean. Why? Octopuses can take pictures, and they punch things, and they, they do. can punch. And they're, they're smart. smart. Uh, the octop, the wily octopus, mm-hmm. is smart enough to take photos. Mm-hmm. It knows the rule of three. It loves puzzles. Well, here's the problem: is like the octopus is fantastic at still photography, but they are garbage behind a video camera because they keep trying to do that thing where they make their hands like a square to see what it looks like. Where they got too many hands, Dagnabbit, wouldn't you know it? Switching the camera between eight different hands and it's very distracting. It's it's, it's unfortunate because really they'd be a fantastic director. They could hold up the megaphone to say mm-hmm. action with one hand. Yep. The they could help. They hold the clacker with clacker. the other hand. They Every get- octopus wants to direct. <laughs> So Ocean's out. It's also 11, but Ocean's out. Yeah. So where, where, where else, else can we hide? This, this camera's kind of like the Jumanji board game. I yeah. feel like it's going to try and come back. Yeah. So Yeah. The, yes. So, so where else? Like, yeah, let's, let's solve the problem for them. You've got a camera. It doesn't take pictures on its own. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's like flying around, but like the camera's not sentient. So you just have to like put it somewhere. Or not treat it with such fucking like reverence that maybe. But, oh, but that oh, but that siren song of taking a picture is so fucking strong. I, I, you think that was it? That he just couldn't bear. He just couldn't fucking to resist. not have the option to have the camera. Jeff, he wrested from the hand of God herself the ability to capture the beautiful vision of God's plan in a three by five Polaroid. And you're telling me that he was expected to just not utilize that amazing power. I don't think so. I mean, yeah, he's probably, it's probably like heroin. You just need a hit every once in a while. Yeah. Is the camera, is being a photographer like being a heroin addict photographers out there, please DM us and let us know. Do you come every time you take a photo? I don't think people on (laughs) heroin can come anymore. Shit. <laughs> okay, well, hold on. People on heroin, leave a comment through your haze and let us know how's everything going how's, down how there. How are you doing in 2021? Yeah, I f- they could have just buried the camera. I feel like putting it in a, in a spot where it's going to pop open. Nothing, nothing says something is valuable like putting it in a hiding place. <laughs> It'd be like if I was like, gotta hide this camera, gotta hide this camera, and then I put it in the microwave, and then when you push the button to open the microwave, you're like, oh, fuck, the camera's here. Yeah. Well, that's my part at the yep. beginning of the book. Cool. All right. All right. Does anybody else have anything from the beginning they want to share? 
it's it's uh so it, it basically is like the first part of this book is very much what you would expect a Goosebumps book if it was about a fucking camera. <laughs> um, they show up at a house. They find a camera. A camera does spook. It's 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 that like haunted camera. It, I really don't have to tell you anything else. No. Like that's the story. But um, in the first part, it's on page fifteen. Uh, they're uh, digging through the the house. Which which here's what I don't understand. They Spidey. They they call him homeless, right? Yeah. He is not unhoused. No, he has a house. By virtue of the fact that he is in a house. I yeah. guess they call him homeless simply because every time they see him, he's not in a house. <laughs> but that, but Jeff, sometimes I'm out walking around. I don't suddenly not have anywhere to go. I, I can't know that for sure. Every time I see somebody walking out in the street, I'm just like, there's another homeless person. There's so many homeless. And then I see somebody through their window of their house, and I'm just like, like, that's not a homeless that's person. That's not a homeless. No. Okay, well. Whether whether or not Spidey is genuinely unhoused or not is sort of irrelevant. They could have just called him the town weirdo. Uh, yeah, yeah, it could be the town the town the town goof. They could have had him just live in the house and it not be dilapidated. And go ahead. There's a part where they get down into the basement because they weren't they weren't looking for a camera. No, indeed, they not. were looking for a good. <laughs> yeah, they were. Yeah, what were they hoping to find? Actually, <laughs> what do you think those kids get up to? What do you think kids like to do, Jeff? Play Fortnite. <laughs> They're looking for dances and skins in there. Um, this is page uh, fifteen. She made her way toward the towering oak wardrobe and pulled open the doors. Wow, this is excellent. Um, she declared. Look, she pulled out a ratty-looking fur coat, wrapped it around her shoulders. Excellent, she repeated. And then a little further down. Bird spun around. A fuzzy red boa wrapped around his neck and shoulders. Yeah, these are Spidey's dress-up clothes. He cracked. Check out this bad hat, Sorry, said, turning around to show off a bright purple wide-brimmed hat she pulled on. This whole scene. So, <laughs> so <laughs> what, like, they didn't really, so we kind of don't, why were those clothes there? <laughs> we don't. We There's thought we were no going to come reason. back to it. They're they're in the basement. Yeah, they're in the basement of like a huge dilapidated house. They they stumbled into the wardrobe for fucking dolomite. Uh, <laughs> they you did. know yes, it. That is it. They this is a seventies black exploitation set that they why, stumbled upon. It does sound well, like guess it. is like look at this bad hat. It's like right. Who says that? Who says that? But it's so weird because they they they're down there goofing and putting on these clothes which they don't putting know. Putting on airs. Putting mm -hmm. on and but also they're like completely surrounded by like the refuse of a guy who apparently lives down there like it's nothing. Yeah. He like, eats he eats popsicles and TV dinners but also can dress like I don't know. Liberace. Liberace. A little Liberace, yeah. He's got He's got, uh, you know, a whole pocket full of tricks. Were those clothes his or were they there? I like to think they were his and he brought them with him. I like to think so, too. <laughs> and he brought a whole wardrobe, like just hug, like just had it on his back. He's got like, he's like, all right, all right, Spidey. That's my name, Spidey. We got to get out of town. We have to, we have to hide this camera away. We have to leave everything we know and love and become a hermit. We can only take a few important things with us into this new life, this new isolated existence. What are we going to grab? We can take the, we got to take the camera. Obviously camera obviously is what we need to take. Check. 
me being the person who's, you know, I got to go. I got to go with it. I got to go with the camera. That's obvious as well. How about this entire fucking wardrobe full of costume jewelry and clothes that I just keep around for some reason? I mean, you have to have joy somewhere. Where this, are you going to get your joy? This is my joy. You've got, you've got to find your joy. <laughs> yeah. And when you do, don't let it go. You know, but but good for him for, you know, trying to find some joy in this weird, dreary life. You've got to. What's great, too, is obviously like when he, when he was down there alone by himself with his Marie Kondo books, he was like. <laughs> He would pick up the garbage and he'd be like, this sparks. Joy. <laughs> <laughs> and I, then he would do the same with the hat. This also sparks joy. This sparks and joy. And then it's at the camera. He's like, that doesn't spark that sparks joy. sparks not joy. What if everything, wait a minute, hold on. What if everything sparks joy? Maybe that's the problem, Marie Kondo. Yeah, Marie Kondo. Everything sparks a little joy. I have like 45 different stickers of waifus that you guys got me for Christmas on my, just spread out on my desk. And they do. They they spark a little joy when I pick them up. And what am I supposed to do? Marie? Yeah, you want me to get rid of all the, the everything around me. I have like 50 tank tops. Every single one sparks a unique joy. Sparks joy. You pick it up, there's joy. Yeah, I've got my different bodily fluids in a number of mason jars underneath the bed. And every time I look at one of them, they spark joy, Marie Kondo. So what the fuck am I supposed to do? Marie Kondo? Hey, Marie, Mary? Listen, <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me spit some game at you real quick. Oh, man, he's about to take down Marie Kondo. I have like 200 different cans that are in my basement. Each one of them has like oil from like a Buick that I don't own anymore. And every time I pick one up, I think about how much I fucking loved it. So what do I do with those? Yeah, you want me to get rid of old Betsy's uh, fluids in my basement? I have a I have a bathtub full of dirty bandages. And every time I pick up one of those and put it on my tongue and taste it. I taste that band-aid smell. It's joy. I have an old shoe full of my toenail clippings. Every time you shake it around like a maraca. No, I'd like to push them up in the air first, like so it rains down like confetti. Every birthday and, and national holiday, you come out with that full... Happy New shoe. Year! Happy New Year, Ooh, like it's so much confetti. Toenail rain. I collect spider webs and I filter my coffee through them. <laughs> And they spark joy when I when they get sticky. What do I do with that shit? Can I just bring up one other moment? And we don't have to linger. Uh, please. But I have a question. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the very end when uh, Doodle is falling off the stairs because other Doodle took a picture of him. So, yeah. So, Greg takes a picture of uh, Bird and... Not Bird. Of... Um, Michael. Michael. And yes. then Michael... The stairs break and he falls down and hurts his ankle. And this is how it's described. No! Michael screams <laughs> as he topples to the floor, arms outstretched. The feather boas flying behind him like animal tails. He turned in the air, then hit the concrete hard on his back. His eyes frozen wide in astonishment. And then he cried out, Ow, my ankle! So I'm curious... How? You land on a concrete floor on your back, but it's your ankle that hurts? He really should have said, ow, my nothing, because I've broken my back and I can't feel <laughs> I anything. I can't feel anymore. <laughs> Danielle. I'm just saying. Your ankle's in your back. No! Where do you keep your ankle, Danielle? Yeah, Danielle, where do you keep your ankle? It's in my butt. Idiot. 
Yes, yeah. If you land on your every time Danielle sits down, she's like, "Ow, my ankle!" And I'm like, "Danielle." It's yeah, it, Danielle. It, it makes it makes me tough. He does, doesn't he also bounce? Yeah, he bounces. He bounces <laughs> on this hard <laughs> concrete floor. Off his, off his back ankle, his bankle. <laughs> Not how human bodies generally work when they're falling. Well, like Danielle, boys. as they said earlier, he's the fat character, so I guess so he's fine. I guess fine. he's got a. He must be just bouncy. God, fucking R.L. Stein just really makes it hard for us to like his early work. That did not that did not age well. Well, that's that's the, that's the Is that beginning, the beginning the, part. That's the beginning All of the right. book. So we're moving into the moving to the middle of the book. Moving into the middle. So this is chapter thirteen, page fifty-five. It is now time for some baseball, a sport that I am not entirely sure that R.L. Stein understands. He definitely does not. So chapter thirteen, um, it's now getting to where another photo has been taken and Bird. Who is the big goofy? He's the he's the fun one. He's the fun one. Uh, always goofing. Always fucking goofing. He gets a photo taken of him. The photo shows him on like the ground. And also, we never really mentioned that when these photos are taken, they this isn't what I'm really gonna go into, but when these photos are taken, um, and they blatantly show some horrendous thing that happens to somebody, instead of the normal photo that would have been on there, we're at a normal camera. No one is like, what the fuck? Everyone's like, oh, that camera's broken. Yeah, they're like, oh, that's a piece of shit. Have you ever taken a photo of your car, brand fresh and new, and then the photo that came out showed it showed it mangled and destroyed, and you were God just like... damn it, why can't you learn to use a flash? Yeah, why did you use the flash right? Why did you fuck. use the wrong angle? You got the broken angle. So that's that's a, a very confounding thing in this book. But, it really is. But there are birds um, out in the field. He's going to play some baseball. And uh, Sherry and Greg are there watching him. And this is, uh, this is page uh, 55. Carrying the camera tightly in one hand, Greg led the way to the bleachers. He and Sherry sat down on the end of the bottom bench. Some of the spectators had lost interest in the game already and had left. A few kids had taken a baseball off the field and were having their own game of catch behind the bleachers. Across the playground, four or five kids were getting a game of kickball started. So he's really painting the scene for us. Which yes, I love. this is very nice. Bird is a bit. Bird is such a dork. Greg said, his eyes on the game. He scared me to death. Sherry exclaimed. I really thought he was hurt. What a clown! Greg muttered. They watched the game in silence for a while. It wasn't terribly interesting. The Dolphins were losing twelve to three, going into the third inning. None of the players were very that's good. That's a good. That's a that's a fucking good. <laughs> Good game. <laughs> you would. No one absolutely. is interested in this game that after two innings, the score is 12 to three. Would, they, no would, they, have, would they have done the mercy rule? Yes. Yes. First of all, yes. Percent. Second of all, they've. Okay. So here's, here's how baseball would work in this scenario. They're going into the third, which means that both teams have had an, up, an at bat twice. Uh, go, uh, all, all right. right give uh, us the sports analogy. All right, Mr. Toxic Masculinity. Tell me what baseball is. Teach me, mansplain, Mr. Baseball. Yeah, mansplain baseball to me, tough guy. Okay, first of all, boys and girls, here's what baseball is all about. It's about grit. Oh. It's about Babe Ruth. Okay. And it's about... Hot dogs? It's about hot dogs. So I'm a... So you're you're canceled. So now you're canceled. (laughs) So now you're done. (laughs) You're done now. This fucking... This scene, I'm just like... (laughs) How, how? Why would the kids still be trying? Why would they be trying? Yeah. Also, how is this not the most interesting game in the world where they're apparently hitting a home run every oh, single time? These 10-year-olds <laughs> got like three grand slams, and I'm not talking Denny's, dog. This is wild. R.L. 
Carl Stein has never seen a baseball game in his life. All right, all right. The kids were playing or, football. Or maybe, maybe he saw a game that was so fucking good that he wanted to encapsulate it forever in his story. That's the only game he's ever seen, and he bases all of his writing of baseball it's, on it. It's so exciting that we're talking about it. I remember this game very fondly. We got our asses handed to us. I it can't. Was a I, beautiful I, day. I'm trying to think of like R.L. Stein explaining a baseball in in more of a disconnected way. Like it was the first inning. The score was ten to twenty eight. The mascot <laughs> was coming up to bat now for the team. <laughs> And, there, and everywhere you looked was an angel. And all the hot dogs was doing their cheers. Wait, what year did Angels in the Outfield come out? And is this book the preface to it? We have this, 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 one of the kids is dying of cancer and they have to win the pennant. <laughs> or else he'll die. Otherwise he'll die. And then all the other kids are orphans and the, the manager of the team has to take him in as his orphans. But first of all, we need some angels in the outfield. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Is Field of Dreams in the Angels verse? Why is it that there aren't other supernatural entities aside from the obvious religious iconography of an angel used in Demons baseball? Demons on the tennis court, you're thinking. Yeah. Demons on, okay, yeah. Angels in the outfield. Demons on the football field. Gremlins on the rugby field. Yeah, gremlins on the rugby field. Demons on the bocce ball court. Goblins on the... Goblins on the golf course. <laughs> golf course. Uruk high on the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> because because soccer is probably real big down there in in in, in, in Mordor. In Mordor. Probably, in Mordor. Yeah. They call it like, they call it football though. They do. Football. Yeah, it's weird. We're the weird ones. And I I mean, as soon as we we finish talking about how little R.L. Stein understands about baseball games, I also want to talk about how little he understands about physical injuries. Because just a little bit further down on this same page. I'm so glad. Thank you, right? <laughs> it's the same page, just further down. Sherry and Greg, they're watching the game. And then Greg cuts himself off mid-sentence. And because the batter hit the next ball hard, it made a loud thunk as, the, as it left the bat. A dozen people... Players and spectators cried out as the ball flew across the diamond, a sharp line drive, and slammed into the side of Bird's head with another thunk. He's fucking dead. Right? He's dead. He That's would death. be dead. He would be <laughs> so dead. Or at least have like a, a life-altering TBI. Like he, he is. should he should be dead. <laughs> that he's not dead is nothing short of a miracle. Bounces back like it's nothing. He he lays on the ground like Ow. they hit me. They hit me in the head by the night I bounce back. And then he's like, oh, never mind. It's fine. Wait, doesn't he scream out in like pain for a while? No, no, for, no, no. We gotta do the whole thing because he gets okay. hit in the head. Yeah, okay. go to go to the next piece. Re, 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 re. All right, Daniel, break me off a slice of that if you would. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Greg watched in horror as the ball bounced off Bird and dribbled away onto the infield grass. Bird's eyes went wide with disbelief, confusion. I can't believe I got hit by a baseball. What the fuck just happened? Darn it. Where the baseball? <laughs> Am I playing baseball? He stood frozen in place on the base path for a long moment. Then both hands shot up above his head, he, and he uttered a shrill cry, long and loud, like the high-pitched whinny of a horse. Thank you. His eyes rolled up in his head. 
he sunk to his knees and uttered another cry. This is like a Western where he just yeah. got like high nooned. Uh, uh, <laughs> and he uttered another cry softer this time. <laughs> <laughs> then he collapsed, sprawling onto his back. His neck turned at an unnatural angle. His eyes closed. He didn't move. <laughs> and then the next chapter, he's fine. Yeah. He's fine. He's fine. He's good. He's fine. How could he not be? He doesn't even have a concussion that they no. distinctly say. Yes, he has no concussion. He has no concussion. He doesn't have a bruise, doesn't have a lump, nothing. No. So what's this camera's deal? <laughs> Is this camera fish full of shit? Is it just trying to teach us a lesson? Because no one's died and no yeah. one has lasting consequences. But he just he's, he gets nailed in the head by a by line, line drive. drive. Yeah. A baseball. Nature's hardest ball. You are dead. You're dead or you've had some sort of brain injury or trauma. At the very least, you have a concussion. You sh- yeah, and but but instead, it's very cartoonishly. The ball bounces off his head. He goes, "Ouchies," and then and then he falls down. And it's weird because we all knew because the photo was taken of him earlier that showed him at that unnatural angle. So you're like, "Oh, he's going to get hit by a baseball in the noggin." Of course he is. They could have taken it another direction. Where like, um, I don't know, like some fuselage fell down from the sky and landed on him. <laughs> A Donnie Darko sort a of Donnie thing? Darko scenario is what they would have they could have gone with. Part of the plane just collapses and gets him. He gets hit with a toilet seat from the mere space <laughs> station, looking dead like me. It would have been great if he just had an aneurysm and just fell down. He just gets hit by some blue eyes from a plane going overhead, and it just like shatters. That would have been funny. Right into his skull. Yeah. Now that's comedy. Jo- Jojo, do you have anything from the center part from the gooey center? <laughs> <laughs> the nougat. Um, <laughs> There's 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 one part in the book that I just I really want to talk about, but I don't know what part it's at. It's 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 the party the, the where where was that asks, Sherry's birthday party? No, it's when Sherry asks him to go to the party. Oh, was she being a huge is? asshole? That's what I was gonna look at. Yeah. What chapter is that? I think that's chapter. 16. Okay, it's it's right. Yeah, it's chapter sixteen. Um, it is. Uh, page 70, 69, 70, nice. 69, 70, yeah. uh, nice. chapter 16 is only like four pages long. So I think that's where it's the conversation happened. Uh, so, so chapter 16, Sherry is, um, she's, uh, it's her birthday, right? It is her birthday. Yo, shorty. It's her birthday. Mm-hmm. She's going to party like it's her birthday. Right. So here's, here's what's wild is, uh, she knows that the camera is weird. And she tells, she tells, uh, what's his face? Greg, bring it anyway. Bring it, bring it. Just fucking bring it. Fuck you, Greg. Bring it. Bring that camera. Fuck you, Greg. Bring that, bring that funky camera. Greg, bring your dad's gun. Yeah. Bring your dad's gun. Gun and camera, please. But then, and this is my favorite part, is Greg, uh, in an effort to kind of sort of assuage her request, because he does not want to bring the camera Obviously, this is actually, and this happens immediately after Bird got beamed in the head. Yes, that's right. Bird got beamed. Greg goes, uh, "I don't know what I believe." I and I had a dream, Sh- Shari. Last night, I had a dream. Uh, it was about my camera. I was taking everyone's picture. My whole family, mom, dad, Terry. They were barbecuing, fucking. I held up the camera. I kept saying say cheese over and over. And when I looked at the viewfinder, they were all smiling back at me and they were skeletons. <laughs> I have a question. How do you know they're smiling if they're skeletons? They don't have muscles. Excellent question. <laughs> Excellent goddamn question. That's true. How did he know? 
this is like the most cool imagery in the entire book and it's just from a dumbass fucking dream it's a dream and it's, it's the it's, cover it's the cover of the book yeah. which misleading very very like i was promised skeletons i didn't get shit yeah we well, get shit i got spidey now listen i'm not gonna i'm not gonna I can't poke too many holes, right? Because R.L. Stein, he's he's a genius. He's a master. We both, we both know it. He's a genius. He's a master of comedy. Yes. He's a master of horror. Yes. He's a genius. Why did he think anyone wanted to hear about this kid's dream? Because they had cool skeletons. <laughs> <laughs> it continues to turn Greg into, like, the biggest whiner. The most ineffective character. Yeah. As far and, as heroes go. And that's the thing, like, I was going to talk about is just this conversation right now between Sherry and Greg. Has anyone ever told you a dream they had that stopped you from doing a thing that you wanted to do? Absolutely not. Is this a is this a final destination type of situation? It would be more fun if it was because it is not. Now, let's imagine what would the dream have to be that he would have to have told Sherry to scare her enough? Here's what you do, Greg. You say, "Sherry, Sherry, I I had this dream last night." I just, you were standing in front of me. We were in the hallway and you were right here. You're right here. here. You were dressed exactly the way that you're dressed right now. And I was dressed exactly the way that I'm dressed right now. And the sun was exactly where it's at right now. And I just started punching you. I just started punching (laughs) you in your face. I just kept wailing on your dumb 13 year old birthday ass (laughs) over and over (laughs) and over again. And then you were just pulp. I had a, I had a dream. That here's what, and this is what's going to sound so wild, like I'm making it up and I'm not like I'm doing a, like I'm doing a lie goof and I'm not. (laughs) I had a dream that what what I was doing was I was punching you. And then when I woke up, I was rock hard. (laughs) So I don't know know what the. Telling you about the dream right now, I'm actually kind of getting a happy. Yeah, this is really doing something for me. Listen, and I, and I don't want to say I don't want to go to your fucking your fucking birthday party where your kids are going to be there. But I was rock hard in this dream where I punched you. A I bunch. was hard. I could carve marble. So you, so you could, you could, t- I could carve marble, carble <laughs> as I call it. So you tell me like, do you want me there? So to, uh, let's what? reassess your plans for us. Do you knowing, knowing that I would love more than anything to just like go right back and take a nap and go to that beautiful dream where I'm punching you. There's nothing more I would like to do than drink natty ices with you at your mom's porch. But I had a dream that you and I got into a fist fight. And when I woke up, I was more excited than I'd ever been with my husband, Carol. And I'm, I'm ready to explore this new kink. Should I, so, so I'm bringing this camera, right? Am I am I am I wacky my wacky fighting boner dream? Yeah. Huh? So let's let's circle back to it, Sherry. Do you want me to still bring the camera over to your birthday party, or should we just play pin the tail on the fucking donkey? Do, do either of you want to read Greg's dialogue part? Jeff, read Greg's dialogue part. I think it's really fun. Daniel, what page is it? It's right page sixteen, right on the first page. Of- no, I can't, it can't be page sixteen because uh, that's the page uh, of the book. chapter. The other thing that has very first number. page. Okay. Yeah. So should I start? Yeah. Yeah, I know Bird's okay. Greg said into the phone receiver. I saw him yesterday, remember? He was lucky, real lucky. He didn't have a concussion or anything. Bullshit! (laughs) On the other end of the line, in the house next door, Sherry agreed, then repeated her request. No, Sherry, I don't really want to. Greg replied vehemently. Bring it! Sherry demanded. It's my 
birthday. I don't want to bring the camera. It's not a good idea. Really? Greg told her. God damn, this guy <laughs> sucks so bad. Hi, Greg. Um, why aren't you on your way to my party? Sherry asked when he'd run to pick up the receiver. Because I'm on the phone with you. Greg had replied dryly. Well, bring the camera, okay? Greg hadn't looked at the camera, hadn't removed it from its hiding place since his father's accident. I, I don't want to bring it. Um, he insisted, despite Sherry's high-pitched demands. Don't you understand, Sherry? I don't want anyone else to get hurt. <sighs> oh, Greg, she said, talking to him as if he were a three-year-old. You don't really believe that, do you? You don't really believe that camera can hurt people? I don't know what to believe. God, he sucks. It's just, it's just like, like just, just say enough. Just be like, no. Just, yeah. Here's the thing. Just, and that's a lesson that everyone listening, you can take that with you. And that's a sign to me of maturity of like, like, cause no one owes you, like you don't owe anybody an explanation. Yep. Yeah. When you find a camera that will potentially kill you and your friends and your most annoying friend asks you to bring it to a birthday party to use as a favor, you, you just say, shut the fuck up and don't talk about it again. Otherwise, if that doesn't work, if no doesn't work, then you rely on the, I just had the dream where I kept punching, punching you. Punching you and punching you. Over. I just, I had the boner punching dream <laughs> again. <laughs> Do you have a, a, a moment of uh, end you would like to explore, Joseph? I have literally the moment. Oh, oh my. Of end. All uh, right. It's one of the, it's, it's right near the final, uh, the final part. This is on page 129. So, okay, let me, let me sort of set the scene a little bit. So um, after... This is towards the end. Um, he he did he does take the camera to Sherry's birthday party, and when he does that, um, he takes her picture and she disappears, and she's just gone for a couple of days. Um, during this time, he kind of like, you know, obviously he's he's worried and freaked out, and he's like, oh man, I've got to. I've got to find out what happened to Sherry. I've got to find a way to solve this problem. But also, more importantly, like, I got to get rid of this fucking camera. Right? That's his big thing. I got to get rid of the camera, partially because uh, it's killing people or whatever, making them disappear. Who cares? But also because Spidey, homeless, the unhoused person, um, Spidey seems to know where. Greg lives. Oh, oh yeah. Sherry comes back um, after he rips up the photo and she agrees. All right. You know what? Because I was done. Cause I done got vanished. Cause I was with the angels for two days <laughs> in the outfield. I believe you. I believe what you're saying when you say like, okay, the camera's evil. So they go back to the house to turn back in the camera. And when they get there, they encounter Spidey who tells them their whole story about how he invented the camera and the camera's evil. It takes people's souls or fucking does it. <laughs> Who cares? Standard goosebumps bullshit. Yep. Um, then they're like, well, here's it back. And homeboy who I guess is supposed to sort of be a good guy, but is not still nah. his whole thing is like, 
you've seen the camera. You know too much. Do you like it? I'm going what do to you think? I will kill you. Now I must kill you. Goodbye. Yeah, it was basically, he's just like, they're trying to leave. And he's like, oh, I don't think I can let you leave. Um, and while they're tussling. Yeah. While well. they're tussling. Um, Dr. Frederick's anguish screams behind him. So they, they're tussling. And this is on chapter 31. So I'm a little, I'm actually a little past like the, the meat and potatoes of that scene. Um, they, they're, they're struggling and the camera goes off. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. So exciting. And then he goes, um, did it just take our picture or his? Gasp. Gasp. That is a big gasp because if, depending on whose picture it took, a lot of different things can occur. That's right. Um, I don't know. Just hurry, Greg Scream. The old man was howling like a wounded animal. Ow! Ow! Like the song. Yeah. The stairs weren't that far away, but it seemed to take forever to reach them. Forever, Greg thought. Dr. Fredericks wanted to keep sharring him down there forever. Well, not alive, but sure. Yeah. <laughs> to his shock, Dr. Fredericks uh, hadn't chased after them. His anguished cries had stopped. What's going on? Shari cried breathlessly. Breathlessly. Oh. And then I'll skip down a little bit. Reluctantly, uh, Greg stared back towards Dr. Fredericks, following close behind. Shari uttered a low cry of horror when she clearly saw the fallen man's face. Eyes pulched out, mouth open in a twisted O of terror. Face stared up at them, frozen, dead. That's a pretty intense fucking death scene for a little... It's like you got scared to death is what I imagine the face looked like. That is... No, that is what happened. But, like... He died. <laughs> yeah! Those kids are down there with them. He, they're about to get murdered. They saw a dead guy. And they kind of are responsible for the... If they hadn't started on this path of taking the camera at the beginning, Dr. Fredericks would still be alive. Yep, if they had stolen his shit. And the fact that they, like... They killed the guy. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> and then they just leave his body like, well... Yeah, then they then then they, they, they cover it up. Yeah, they're like, okay, put a bow on it. They kill him. And then they they call the police and like, yeah, natural causes. Yeah, there's a dead guy in the basement. Don't ask us how we know. Goodbye. Yeah. Hey, it's it wait, police department, it's me, girl who's been missing for two days. <laughs> I saw you'll never believe what I just found. Oh man, it's pretty wild. I could blame anything on him now. Yeah. Everything they've ever done that was bad. The time that someone stole my dad's uh, wallet and then used his credit card to buy a bunch of one eight nine hundred number calls—that was also that was also Spidey. Yeah, that was totally. That was spidey. very much Spidey. He for loved sure. those nine hundred numbers. Those nine hundred numbers. He couldn't get enough of them. Miss Cleo, all the way. Was there a part where they had to get their story straight? No. But should there have been like? Should yes. they have been like? Okay, we. We are murderers. Yeah, <laughs> no, did. they just they just emerged from the basement. We did kill that man. Officer, officer, how could you suspect us? We couldn't we couldn't give someone a heart attack. We're just we're just kids. Those cops are bullshit. Yeah. Danielle, Danielle, first of all, I got to say you got to give these cops a break because when these kids called them at the precinct and they said, hey, we found the one weird guy in town uh, dead in his own basement, surrounded by boas and 
costumes and frozen dinners. They dressed him up. They de- they dressed him up before he died. Did they have to move his body into like a compromising position before they left? Oh, like wean out kind did of they, thing. Did they have a belt around his neck? Yeah, I was gonna say belt around <laughs> neck, wean out. Was he trying to autoerotic asphyxiate himself? The David Carradine, we like to call it. These cops had a girl who disappeared two days, a few days prior for two full days was gone. And um, now they have the same girl who has found a dead body. That's fine. There's nothing weird about that. My one question is what did Spidey see in the photograph that scared him to death? Is that, is that ostensibly what, what we believe happened the camera took a picture of him. You saw the picture and then he died of fright. So he saw a picture of himself dead and it made him dead? Yeah. Because the photo was of him dead, I, I You believe. know what? I don't think Spidey saw fucking anything. Oh. Yeah, maybe he just was so scared that he knew the photo was taken. Something bad was going to happen. He just, he and, just, then he, and then he died of fright. He died of fright. Much. He was finally punished for creating this camera. The master has become, the apprentice has now become the master. The teacher has become the master. <laughs> Indeed. Now, the rule of two in the Sith means that now the camera. Now the camera is the Dark Lord of the Sith. <laughs> that would be kind of awesome. Now the camera will rule. Just a camera coming into the, onto the scene with the music and the cape and the, and the lightsaber. Dun, 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 dun. You guys are you guys are such idiots. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. All right, so that's 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 say cheese and die. <laughs> that's say die and cheese. <laughs> One person dies at the very end. So for the for the end part, I think maybe I could I could read the um the, the bio of the camera. <laughs> if you please do, do that. Yes. Yes, there's a biography for the camera. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's 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 like remember in the other book where it was Slappy and Slappy stats and Slappy's origin. It's like that for the camera. I remember that, but what could that possibly be? <laughs> so, now that we've talked about the book, we're going to just dive into a little bit of the back of the book. And at the end of the book, there's some extra treats, and one of those is the Fright Gallery, the Cursed Camera, or the Cursed Camera, depending on how you say the word cursed or cursed. Depends on how Shakespearean you're feeling. It cursed. Yes. Cursed. So like other books, we've read this part before. It gives us an actual breakdown of the antagonist of the book. It gives us like stats. Which happens to be a camera. Which happens to be a camera, which honestly, the camera's just doing its thing. It's just chilling. It's hanging out. It didn't ask to be born. It didn't ask to be born. And it didn't even do anything that bad. I didn't ask to come here, dad. Uh, origins. <laughs> this camera wasn't always evil. Oh, it was... It was made evil? Society. Society got to it? <laughs> when an inventor, to this, na- to this day unnamed, put the finishing touches on the camera, it, it was the latest in photo technology. But before he could unveil his invention, his lab pot partner, Dr. Fritz Federicks, a.k.a. Spidey, mm. Spidey's not the inventor, he stole it. That's right. Stole the camera to take credit for the invention and to enjoy the fame and riches that would come his way. The inventor stopped Dr. Frederick's plan by cursing the camera for all eternity. And this is more backstory than we, like, really get in a book. Need, more than we needed. Yeah. We didn't need to know about the, the drama. It doesn't, need, it doesn't need to have, like, this scientific rivalry. Cursing, it's very, it's you know. very haunted mask. It could just be a fucking camera. So, special powers... 
It's a fucking camera. The camera has the power to steal souls and is completely indestructible. Well, they didn't. They didn't try. <laughs> they did try it all. They which didn't they tried. They didn't try to burn it or anything. And you could rip the pictures up real easy. So yeah. That's almost and if you rip the pictures up, it seems to kind of stop whatever it do. It undo. It undoes it. Yeah. yeah. I, I wanted them to explore that a little bit. Take some photos of a thing and seeing if ripping the photo up just makes it not happen. Yeah. It's what it seemed to do with Sherry. So, but like, I, were, I guess we're to assume that Sherry was inside the camera. I don't know. She that, was inside the photo, and then he ripped it up, and he, that was her home. She, yeah, that was her home, and then she came out. <laughs> she came out of her home. Weaknesses. This is so fucking stupid. <laughs> Weaknesses. The camera cannot move on its own. What? Why? <laughs> and, stupid camera. And cannot force anyone to find it and use it. Why? As long as it is well hidden, its evil powers are useless. So the camera's weakness is that it's a camera. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's an inanimate object. It is a camera. It's a camera. Uh, you don't want to know what the... What, what would you guess is the favorite phrase of the evil camera? Oh, given that it doesn't talk? Okay. Yeah. Uh, what does it love to cheese? hear? Say cheese? It's and, cheese. Yeah. Oh, cheese. Just that's cheese. Not, so that's nothing. That's nothing. That's nothing. All right. Do we have anything else? Thank you to the band Dog Party for the use of our theme song, Bad Dream, off of the album Hit and Run. It is a wonderful, wonderful song. The album's great. And honestly, it'll pep you up in this dark time. So I suggest you all go check it out. You can check it out on dogpartylive.com and dogparty.bandcamp.com. Uh, the next full episode of Geese Bumps is going to be coming out in two weeks. And on that episode, uh, well, the day is going to be, what day is it going to be? 26 will be the next full episode. And we will be reading... Let's go. Let's do Welcome to Horrorland. Okay. That'll open up the other Horrorland books for us. Goosebumps 16, Welcome to Horrorland. Uh, and with that, I believe we have done all the damage we need to do to both our reputations and the literary canon of R.L. Stein. Danielle, if you could please hit us with that final fucking passage. I would be delighted. Excellent. All right. Let's get out of here, Michael urged. He raised his sneakers to the pedals and started to roll away. This place really creeps me out. The other three followed, pedaling away in thoughtful silence. They had turned the corner and were heading up the next block when two figures emerged from the back door of the Kaufman house. Joey Ferris and Mickey Ward stepped over the weed-choked lawn onto the driveway. Blizzard. <laughs> Those jerks aren't too bright, Joey told his companion. They never even saw us the other day. Never even saw us watching them through the basement window. Because that's a normal sentence for a person to say. Mickey laughed. Yeah, they're jerks. They couldn't hide this camera from us. No way, man, Joey said. He raised the camera and examined it. Take my picture, Mickey demanded. Come on, let's try it out. Yeah, okay. Joey raised the viewfinder to his eye. Say cheese. A click, a flash, a whirring sound. Joey pulled the snapshot from the camera, and both boys eagerly huddled around it, waiting to see what developed. And that is the anticlimactic as hell ending. The, they, die, they die. Yeah, they're dead. They're dead now. My name is Jojo. I have a PhD. My name is Danielle, and I have a PhD. My name is Jeff, and I think 2021 is going to be our year. 
Oh, that's one hell of a called shot. This has been Goosebumps, the Digital Me Goosebumps podcast. And until next time, stay out of the basement. Just like somebody I used to know.